Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Losanti. Today, I'm personally speaking, I'll be joined by Jean Trebek, the wife of Jeopardy host Alex Trebek. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Losanti, and Jean Trebek joins me now. Jean is the wife of longtime Jeopardy host, Alex Trebek. Alex and Jean recently celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary. As many of you know, Alex was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer in March of 2019. And he has said that Jean has been his rock, giving him strength as he copes with his illness. Jean and Alex are parents to Matthew and Emily, who help Jean in the care of Alex. Jean is here with us today to talk about her life, her marriage, her family, her faith, being a caregiver, and finding the strength to go on when your spouse is diagnosed with stage four cancer. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Jean Trebek. Now, Jean, let me, let me begin with a question that's very much related to my ministry. Uh, this weekend, I have two weddings. And before I do the wedding, I say to the couples, look, I want to give a homily that uh, reflects what's in your heart. So of all the people in the world you could have married, why is this the one? And they each write me an essay on why they picked mm-hmm. this person. Uh, going back years ago to when you married Alex, if you had been asked to do the same thing, what was it about him that made you say, I can build a life for this man? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And I would say Alex is very reliable. And he wasn't someone that said one thing and did another. He has a very strong sense of his own inner integrity. And I thought that that's really beautiful. You know, Um, You, you picked that up early in the relationship. Yeah, we are 24 years age difference, Alex and I. And I remember thinking, because I, I had a couple of other boyfriends that were great guys, but there was there was this inner strength within Alex that I really admired. And um, he uh, he wasn't all show business and mm-hmm. and that. So that that's what I would say. You know, he was. You know, uh, Father Jim, they talk about the male energy being the structure of the house and the feminine energy being the essence. Right. And so I think that's really how Alex and I have sustained over 30 years of marriage. You know, he's that strong structure and I'm the, the essence and more of the, the love vibe. Yeah. This might be harder for you to answer, but if I had Alex here and I said to him... Mm-hmm. Why Jean? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I I think he would say because he I think Alex really likes my softness. Mm-hmm. I think I think I helped Alex become more compassionate, not having to always have a guard up and be very suspicious. And he's helped me to have more of an inner strength that. You can say no to people. You don't always have to say yes. And you can be, um, 
you can look, put yourself first, actually. I'm one of those that make sure if we're on a plane, oh, is your mask on? And we're Alex. Right. Alex definitely makes sure that his mask is on first so that he can be of assistance. Where I sort was a little more, are you okay? Let me mm-hmm. help you first, you know? So I think we've really helped each other balance each other. There's a, uh, a series on PBS called Paul Dark, and I'm just getting addicted to it now. But there's a, a great scene where the husband says to his wife, uh, y- you have been redemptive for me. You have made me a better man. Are there mm. ways in which you and Alex would be able to say that you're much better people because you've loved each other? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Isn't that great? Absolutely. And not that, that you know, it's like you love up against each other. Sure. But I... I think something, I read something really beautifully put, and I, and I hope I say it somehow, that, you know, it's not always about fitting together perfectly and mm-hmm. everything looking and feeling great. It's actually allowing yourself to expand so that you can learn and grow when your edges are feeling a little right. ruffled and, um, and there's this, this talk in our community. At, I, I attend like a, a unity church and, oh, we're all about like-minded people, like-minded people. Well, that's wonderful. And I get that. But it's also really good to be open to hear people that have other views rather than yourself, you know, and expand yeah. on that rather than just stay so limited just to what feels my little section of the world. So, Gene, uh, if you were my sister and you came home with a guy who is a quarter of a century older than you, <laughs> I would be very, very defensive and protective. Uh, did you get much blowback from family about, hey, he may be a very nice guy, but he's, he's, he's not a kid? Mm-hmm. Well, my father, when, he fir- when my dad, who just passed away last year, my father was two years older than Alex. He says to Alex, well, it looks like I'm not going to call you Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. My parents really enjoyed Alex and they lived in New York and Alex and I live here. So we didn't mm-hmm. see each other that much, but there was always a great mutual respect. Lucy Arnez was our guest a couple of weeks ago, and I believe that she also has been a, a member of the Unity Church. Tell me a little bit about it. How do they celebrate? Okay, well, in true, in in actual truth, I belong to a religious science. I don't okay. know if you if you know um, religious science is a more of a new thought, but it encompasses um, it's non denominational, right? It, it's more based on unity with Ernest Holmes being the founder. And we, the premise, the, the thought behind it is, is basically the teachings of Jesus and that there is one God, there is one power, it is within each one of us and its nature is love. And okay. your thought, your words, and your deeds are all creative. So, be aware of what you're thinking. Be aware of what you're saying. Is this what you want to manifest in your life? Okay. Yeah. Jean, you, you, our, our listeners might not know that before you dealt with uh, Alex's current illness, 
Uh, you had a brother that you adored who died in a car accident, Chris. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, uh, so many people, because I do funerals every week of my ministry, so many people respond, some in a positive way, but some shaking their fist in God's face with great anger. Did you go through a period with either Chris or even now in the struggle with making Alex able to cope with his illness where you were ticked off at God? I would not say I was ticked off at God. You know, I, I real I, I was blessed in knowing that something, this is out of my hands, you know, everything, mm -hmm. it would almost be very, um, I don't want to say egoic, but almost for me, like who would I be to say when someone should should not suffer or not suffer, but when someone leaves the earth, you know, I know that's that's from a higher power. That that is that is God calling. <laughs> <laughs> he, he should know he should know I'm busy right now. <laughs> <That's what> I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I never went through mad. I, I was very sad, you know, and um the sadness, I, and the sadness, I think, just comes from not feeling I could be there or do more. And did I do enough? And did I do enough? Okay. You know, now, that. Now, now, Chris uh, was carrying from early on this, call it a disability for want of another word. Mm -hmm. Did you get any insight into the mind of God by living with and loving somebody who had a disability. There's a Cardinal Basil Hume, the Archbishop of London, who's actually given a talk on what the disabled teach us about the heart and mind of God. What, mm -hmm. did, Chris, what did Chris teach you about God? Oh, that, yeah, that's such a powerful question. If What Chris taught me was that everything doesn't have to be the way we think it has to be. You know, that everyone has their own expression in life, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And that is, um, he was very gentle. I was more of his protector. He, he just had this sort of innocence about him. And um, that, that new, sort of a new way of looking at things all the time. And that was a great lesson for you yeah. about, about the love of God. Um, Gene, I had a, a best friend, a priest, who died of a glioblastoma about 20 years ago. My, when he got sick, my way of dealing with him was to push him hard. You don't give up. You keep fighting. Uh, no, no mercy. You know, just push, push, push. I don't know if that was right or wrong. I, I, I think it helped him to live longer. Um, but when you're dealing with Alex and his battle, uh, is there a way that's right for everyone or have you had to find your own unique way of encouraging challenging supporting being gentle but also being tough yes all of that and Alex uh, <laughs> someone he is someone that does not he does not like to be told what to do <laughs> he likes he's like, so I have to be very sneaky and uh, <laughs> make it his his idea that we're going to do something yeah. but all kidding aside he well some of it but he is um he wants to stay as in control of of mm. this this situation as he can as he is with all things you know alex is someone that just does not hand over like our accounting he does everything old school he writes everything out by hand mm -hmm. he has you know he doesn't have ledgers anymore, but he, he really <laughs> hands everything hard copy over to the accountant. He just doesn't 
oh, here you do it. He's mm-hmm. he's a man of uh, res- responsibility, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like when I mother him or baby him too much. Okay, I will suggest, hey, you might need some water. You look like you're dehydrated or mm-hmm. things like that. Or why don't you go, why don't you just watch a funny movie tonight? And he'll say, oh, that's a good idea. But he is definitely someone that does not like to be mothered or, you know. You know, you said in one of the articles you wrote that you're in the Holy Land with him. And you say, you know, your color's a little bit off. Are you okay? And, of course, he he dismisses it. He's he's fine. He's fine. Uh, But you find a way to let him know when he needs to be challenged that you're going to challenge him. Yes? Yeah. 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 Because I... You know, you care and you just, it's like someone, right. if they drink too much alcohol, you're like, hey, yeah, you know, hand over the keys. I love you. This is tough love now. And no more looking the other way. I think that's important, too. Well, speaking of challenge, uh, Gene and Alex are blessed to have two great kids, Matthew and Emily, right? And sure. uh, I'm wondering, you guys are people with very strong and particular values that have probably in so many ways, fueled your marriage and your life. Is there a particular way you were able to pass on to Emily and to Matthew the values that mattered the most to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Matthew and Emily saw us be very philanthropic. Mm-hmm. We've taken them to some of the places where we have donated money, a homeless shelter, mm-hmm. um, just just different places. We made sure that they knew that we are our brother's keeper. You know, we are here to be an extension of God's grace, of God's love and abundance. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, it's great to enjoy it, but also if if you have extra, share. And and Alex and I both were raised with in like a lower middle lower middle class, and and we both feel. Um, and not that there's a right or wrong, but to live simply so that others can live, you know. And I like that. We're, we're blessed that Alex makes a really a nice living so that we can mm-hmm. help others. You know? Isn't that great? And the kids know that and they appreciate that. And they do their own thing. Yeah, Matthew is doing his own soup kitchen out of his restaurants in New wow. York City in Harlem, New York. And Emily is helping at, at schools here with children that... Um, Summer camps for children. And Gina, so, I, lo- I love you shared with us in other interviews that your kids, rather than running from a dad who's grappling with illness, that Matthew takes off from New York to help you out there, that Emily is nearby and she gets involved. You have kids who, uh, who want to be there for their parents, huh? Yeah. Isn't that great? It is awesome. Yeah, you, did, so something, you did something right, Jean. We did, yeah. Yes, Father. Would you would you have any advice for those of us? Well, I'll give you an example. I, I have a, I'm have caretaker for my 99-year-old mom who's with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say, well, you know, that's such a burden. I really don't see it as a burden. I see it as a privilege. Mm-hmm. Is, is caring for Alex and trying to get him through this challenge, is it a burden? Is it a challenge? Is it a privilege? What is it? Yeah, I, I think it's more of an opportunity okay. to, you, you know, to use all to use all of the gifts that I've been given innately. You know, like I'm not someone that would be great in an ER. 
that's not my, I would be like, oh my, I would faint along with something. You know? <laughs> I, I know my strengths are in that more nurturing capacity. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really try to show up and just say, how can I be the greatest version of me today? <laughs> and not always. I, I do drop the ball. I don't want to sound like some pot, like someone that goes through <laughs> life with no struggles because I absolutely have my times where, um, you know, it just, it just feels daunting. You know, it just feels, is this ever going to change? How long is this going to go on this way? Mm-hmm. And then Alex, some days he, like he started taping the show this last week. So he suited up and he wears his lovely toupee and off and he felt amazing. Wow. I think that was really great for Alex to, to suit up and to go into the studio, all, all minding the COVID mm-hmm. requirements and everything. but. Um, so yeah, taking each day as it comes and and showing up with a good attitude. Isn't that terrific, Jean? Jean Trebek also has a, another side of her life I wanted to share with our listeners. Jean, could you tell people about this hope-filled, happy, upbeat website of yours? <laughs> okay. Yes, it's called Inside Wink. Okay. And um, so the winking part is sort you know that that acknowledgement of something being good. When you get winked at or you wink at someone, you're like, hey, I like you. I like what you're doing. But we focus on what's going on within the person and how is it expressing outward in the world? Mm-hmm. Because we are all a divine expression of, of God. And so how is that being expressed in your life? And, and since God is good, it's all about sharing the good. So we share recipes and we share stories and we share everything that uh, brings a spirit of hope and mm-hmm. joy and peace. Jean, uh, there's a, a movie that's a favorite of mine. It's uh, Moonstruck. Maybe you've seen it a few oh, times yeah. as well. Love, love it. But the, there's a great scene where Olympia Dukakis challenges her husband who's not being faithful. And she says, uh, no matter what you're doing. Uh, you're still going to die just like everybody else. And cheating isn't going to keep you forever young. I mentioned that because we're talking about Alex's struggle with illness. Uh, Chris is passing from this life to the next. But the truth is, Gene, you and me, we're going someday too. Do you have mm-hmm. any, in- any insight as a person of faith? Do you have any clue as to what's ahead? You mean in the afterlife? Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know, but... I don't remember, but I don't, I don't have any, but I, I think it's glorious. Yeah. I think, I'll share, my mother had a near-death experience. She fell down the basement, because in New York you have basements, so she fell down these basement stairs, and she, and she said she had a near-death experience, and this was before my brother had his car accident and passed away. So she comes back, and my father was like, wow, he thought she he, she died also, but she she comes back in the ambulance and they thought they were losing her, but she comes back and she says, oh my God, it was so beautiful. The lights. And she said, I felt like I was bathed in love. And my mom said she feels she was given that experience so that when whatever the reason that 
my brother decided, completed his contract or whatever, you know, when he left, she had that to hold on to so that she could sense, okay, at least my son it, it had, you know, she, that's what she held on to. And, uh, you know, I, I think it really is about living here and now. We, uh-huh. we don't know tomorrow. Tomorrow is promised to no one. And, right. you know, to show up with a good attitude, to live with enthusiasm. And because there's so much to be grateful for. There really is. And just breathing and talking and, you know, like this yeah. is a miracle talking with you, Father, and yeah. your lovely uh, assistant. You know the producer on the set. That's right, Lisa. Right. So it's it's great how we're all we weave into each other's lives. When Alex has a, a bad day, because there's no one I know who's dealing with illness who doesn't sometimes say, "All right, uh, today I'm not walking on the mountaintop. Today I'm in the valley of life." How important is it to let him mull over the, the bad days? In other words, are you somebody who always says you shouldn't feel that way and try to pull him out of it, or yeah, do you no. let him? No, okay. No, I let him have his... I sort of feel when he wants me to buoy him up, and then I feel when he he needs to just have his human experience without any judgment. And we all do. You know, yeah. if I'm feeling overwhelmed, sometimes I just go, you know what, I just need to be in my, my little uh-huh. stinky soup. I won't stay there that long. And I really don't like because I feel like it's a perfume I don't like to wear that out too much Uh but I let myself and I certainly let Alex have let his hair down when he's so to speak when he's um feeling depressed or discouraged which he does he has his times of feeling um oh heavy and also I think the fans, his fans are so dedicated and loyal. And he too has this, I don't want to let someone down. Uh-huh. You know? I was going to ask you when, uh, when he shared with his viewers on Jeopardy that he was mm-hmm. sick, there's been this amazing universal outpouring of love. How yeah. well does your husband deal with being loved overwhelmingly? I think he was very taken aback. Yeah. And I, he said to me, it's rare that a lot of people get to experience how much they meant to people. Usually you see that at a funeral. Uh-huh. You know, and, and Alex got to witness yeah. really the outpouring of love that people have for him and, and the show. And um, I think he was very humbled. I want to share with our listener, Ginger Beck said uh, something that is a great perspective on life, love, and illness, and I want to share it with you. Um, She says, this didn't have to be a death sentence. It could be a life sentence, Mm -hmm. a constant reminder of how precious life is. The smallest things that I once took for granted now carry more meaning. I think that is how God keeps us in the moment. He focuses us with grace. How in the world did you get that ability to see even in the smallest things, the sunrise, the sunset, the presence of God? I asked for it. Okay. And I've worked on my, I've worked on taming that mind, that mental, Mm -hmm. that mental mind that 
judges and feel and lack and anxiety. I, I have that. It's been a spiritual practice. It's been my, my life's mission to be purified mentally, therefore emotionally and, and bringing in. I, every day, Father, I ask, you know, I, the stays for the Holy Spirit. Speak wow. to me, act through me, think through me so that I am a vessel for your goodness. And then I let it go. Okay. And, 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 and I do have times where I'll get a little melancholy. So it's not like I'm vo- devoid of the human experience, but I don't stay there as long as some of my girlfriends or other uh-huh. people, you know, and I don't. Um, you know, I, I really try to go back to gratitude because you cannot be feeling sad and depressed if you're in gratitude. Right. You can't hang out together. Wow. So if you're feeling off or you're feeling, oh, where's this money coming from? Where, how is this going to be taken care of? If, I think if you can find some form of gratitude, it's really um, liberating and, and gratitude for that situation, you know. Gene, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we said throughout this interview, you and I both said none of us knows when we're going home. Uh, I hope you're going to be going home a long time from now. But if you're going home tomorrow, Gene mm-hmm. Trebek, we remember her as someone who made a difference in this way. What way would you like to have made a difference for the good? I think to really see beyond people's appearances and mm-hmm. to to see the consciousness of love that they really are, to really gift people with that. She saw me. She That's saw more than just. And you're saying that doesn't know. that doesn't come in one moment. That comes in a process, and you've entered into the process of searching for the meaning of life that way. Yeah. That's great. I want to thank Gene Trebek for being with us and for sharing, not just today, but in many different outlets, an opportunity to grapple with uh, the illness that Alex is facing with hope, with faith, with trust in God, with a celebration of the good, the, the seeing the divine in the ordinary and every day. Uh, she helps us, many of us, more than she knows uh, by sharing her story, her struggle, her journey with us. And again, Jean, for the sake of our listeners around the country, uh, your website is a, is a vessel of hope. hope. How, again, do we, we find it? You go to www.insidewink.com. So inside you, I'm giving you a wink. Yeah. Gene, thank you so much for being with us and personally oh, speaking. My pleasure. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can send them to me through my website, which is www.closeencountertv.com. To listen to our personally speaking podcast uh, with some of our most recent shows, you can also go to YouTube and just look under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti and subscribe, please. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.